Nerd Academy podcast is released weekly at 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, available on our website at www.thenerdacademypodcast.com and wherever you listen to podcasts. You can find the Nerd Academy podcast on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. You can also help support the show by going to patreon.com forward slash the Nerd Academy podcast, where every donation allows us to bring you more exciting content every week. Good morning, class, and welcome back to the Nerd Academy podcast, your source for nerddom news and commentary. I am your host and superior web headmaster, Jared Bachman Stubbs, and I am here with a little intro. Uh, we wanted to maximize our time with our mean because we only had an hour with him, so I figured I'd just do the, ret- the intro retroactively. So I am here from the future uh, to say hello and to give a little bit of a programming note up top and uh let you guys know you're gonna get two episodes of teen app this week we're doing this flash review and then that uh secret invasion episode review and news roundup we promised you and i'm glad it got delayed a little bit because we now have our superman and lois lane for superman legacy so we'll be talking about that as well as a couple other things as well another programming note keep an eye out on the podcast feed of octo radio Friend of the show, Alden Diaz, had me on for a very fun Q&A episode um, that I hope you tune in for. It was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed the conversations we had over there. Always enjoy going on Octo Radio. Uh, but with all of that said, you know that this episode is brought to you by the uh, lovely people over at Sundays at BloodyMary.com. You know the drill. Uh, com has the most badass Bloody Mary accoutrement in the multiverse with their three-time award-winning spicy Caesar mix almost said two-time but we know to put some respect on their name with that third championship uh they also have their mild and traditional mixes if the spice is not for you as well as their also award-winning pickled dilly beans okra and asparagus if you're trying to get your freak on and uh garnish that bad boy and if you're feeling real nasty you can go ahead and put some uh, salt on that rim. So get on over to sundaysbloodymary.com slash shop. Use code TNAP, T-N-A-P at checkout and get 10% off your favorite order uh, or get 10% off your order uh, and help out your favorite nerds while you do it. With that, uh, I am very excited for you guys to see this episode. Had a lovely time speaking with uh, Travis, of course, and Armin from the comic book cast all about The Flash. So, yeah, I hope you enjoy and I'll see you on the other side. All right, everybody. Well, it is time at last to talk about a movie that has been in development since quite literally back when I first started listening uh, to the podcast of our guest. We are obviously joined by our mean of comic book cast for the first time in a hot minute schedules aligned and uh, after recently Roosevelt's pilling uh, our mean, <laughs> uh, I, 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 I wasn't was like, sure so... if you had, I had seen, I had seen pictures of him in what I thought were Roosevelt shirts. And I was like, did Jared get to him or are these just like kind of close? In? Oh no, no. He, he got to me. I am now <laughs> as of yesterday, <laughs> as of yesterday, I am 51 shirts in. Okay. 51 shirts. I blame you. 
I you you okay? Are you ready? Are you ready for a really fun grand total, real quick? But now I I count me and Taylor's shirts all together because we we we, mm-hmm. we share some. Uh, so that does take a second person into into effect. However, the ones if we were to, if we were to parse it out with what belongs to her and what belongs to me, um, I still have a problem. Uh, <laughs> I have been shopping with them for about four and a half maybe five years now uh or no no closer to four closer to four because i know the first shot i got first shirt i got was in like 2018 2019 uh with that david pumpkins one i'm at about just north of 80 oh uh that is over the course of several years and you are already on my tail so okay here's the problem they started off slow, but in the last like eight months, I started. Oh They're it like, comes "Hey, you're fucking you, neck. You like fucking Star Wars? You like Spider Man? You like Harley Quinn? You you fucking love GI Joe, don't you?" I'm like, "Of course I fucking do." Like, uh, so <laughs> I am so boned when it comes to this. It is it so luckily, funny. It's like replacing all my other shirts, so I don't have to worry about it. You know, so. <laughs> and that's the same place I was in. Well, what I thought was really funny was I was at. My girlfriend's best friend was getting married. I was not in the wedding. Taylor was. So I was like there for all the pictures being taken and stuff. And we're at this like beautiful park in Pittsburgh and all the pictures are getting taken. And I'm just kind of like helping a lot of the bridesmaids with like moving their stuff around. And uh, my phone goes off. I see a message from Arneen. I'm like, oh, I wonder what's going on. And it's a picture of you going like, oh, hey. I got some of those shirts you were always talking about, and it's like some of the Michael Myers ones. Yep. And I looked at it and went, <laughs> he's fucked. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> out loud. I was like, I've seen that this man does with hot toys. There is no way. There is no way I did not pill this man uh, oh. to the nth degree. Uh, and then like right after that, it's like, oh, they're like they do some of their best Star Wars shit yet and the comic book stuff. And then they hit uh, they hit poor meme with the one two punch of GI Joe and Transformers within one month. Yep, I am screwed. So it, it's been good. They're great shirts. They look amazing. I mean, I entered the gym now, and everybody's like, "There's the shirt, man." We were betting on what you're gonna wear today. I'm just like, "Damn right!" So that is so <laughs> funny to me that I've also passed the baton of shirt man as well. <laughs> Oh, that is so funny. I, I love to tell people like I, I listen, Roosevelt's, we're right here. I I've I've done the math and just by the way I've spread this brand to people like a fucking contagion. Uh I I have made Roosevelt's upwards of three thousand dollars. Easily based on, easily based on not 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 on based on stuff I've bought, based on like me telling people about the brand and the fact that I know two or three people who upon like being told about it, just do just, just like, like a dozen shirts in a week mm-hmm. and it consumes them completely. Uh, but yeah, no, uh, we're talking flash, talking flash. Uh, and again, this movie was announced when I was, when I had first started listening to comic book cast, Travis mm-hmm. and I were still in, in high school together. Yep. <laughs> yep. That, like, like, I, I was just, about to I, graduate. I you were on the cusp of graduating. 
And being a nerd was finally cool. Avengers had yeah. come out. Everyone, like, the, the council agreed. If you were a nerd, you were cool. And because I had, like, a shred of comic knowledge, everyone was like, so what do you think about this movie? And are they going to make this? And what do you think? So when the DC slate was out, everyone was like, so what do you think? And I was like, no, nah, it's going to, like, it sounds cool. It's going to fall apart in, like, two years. I just, it's, it's really surreal and I'm really yeah. glad I, 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 re- I really wanted to have Armin on for this one because like I, I, because of like what, because of comic book cast, I decided I wanted to become a, to steal the words directly out of Armin's mouth, like a dick joke journalist, uh, like, like a dick <laughs> joke <laughs> entertainment journalist. Um, and like, it feels wild that the flash fucking came out. Do, do you guys want a total, complete, fucking, mind-bending mindfuck right now? Because this is... You guys have known... Because, you know, they announced The Flash. Oh, two, you know, 20... What? Like, 15, 14, 15? Something like that. Or, you know, yeah, after like Man that, of Steel, yeah. right? You know, that San Diego Comic-Con. Let me give you a time warp. Because the original Flash film, <laughs> the one I followed when I became a nerd, was announced... After the premiere of Spider-Man, Sam Raimi Spider-Man, I was in the fucking forums talking about this. I'm like, oh man, are we going to see this in the next five years? And after that, are we going to see this in the next five years? We're 19 years later and we finally got the Flash film. And it's just about um, as underwhelming as I could have imagined it was going to be. So amazing. I, I And that's what I'm excited to talk about because I think this might end up being one of those situations where like I'm the truther for uh, for this movie, not enthusiastically, because um, like for me personally, as you know, I put in my name, I, I was whelmed. You yeah. know, I think I think you know when you consider how many writers, how many directors, like this went through the hands of, and then you consider the landscape of the DC brand, the landscape of Warner Brothers Discovery as a company the landscape of film uh, and, you know, cinema going post pandemic, like for reasons that are like beyond this movie's fault, you know, and that's not even to address the Ezra Miller of it all. And that having another additional layer of baggage attached to this movie. I like, I went into this movie prepared to grade it on the scale where like that, that like famous Patton Oswalt quote about Blade Trinity you know <laughs> yeah where it's like it's where, where, where like you know this movie's an f when you when when you just watch it but when you know about the hellified mess that it was behind the camera behind the scenes mm-hmm. to get this movie made it gets a c simply for existing so i, I, I do want to kind of just say something here which I, I think is gonna set my tone for this movie watching this and right before it, you know, in the last like six months, watching Shazam 2 and Black Adam, the Flash is a film that I find infinitely more enjoyable than both of those. I, like, I agree with you completely. Way better. Yeah. Way better. And like, and I do, and I do want to say, like, I went into the movie like prepared to grade it on that scale, and I walked out of it going, oh, like that was an actual movie. Yeah. Like I, like I, like I saw a movie, so I don't, I don't have to like treat the i don't have to give it like 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 this this is not a game where i have to give it a handicap like i can just talk about this movie and what worked and didn't work it's not a oh the fact that it came out as a miracle 
Like it mm-hmm. is because of all the production woes, but like I don't have to treat it like it's a miracle that it just exists. Uh, and that like, you know, it wouldn't be like Morbius, for example, where it's like we like I can't talk about this movie like it's a fucking movie because it's not. It's incoherent. It's sloppy. It's, you know, it just it exists for its own sake and doesn't actually have anything to say. Whereas like the flash again is middling. I, you know, I have having spent a month listening to everybody and their brother tell me that this was the fucking 10 commandments of comic book mm-hmm. movies, you know, like I think was a grievous mistake. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, now that was sincere praise from fucking Tom Cruise and James Gunn and anybody else who saw it then like, Hey, power to them. I'm glad they liked it that much, but like it turned into like the key marketing campaign for this movie was for famous people to tell you how much they loved the flash. (laughs) And like, I don't understand how anybody like let that happen. Like it it just, it puts too much. It it raises the stakes so high for a movie that cannot deliver, you know? Mm -hmm. And in many ways, and I think that's the point. I think like, because everyone, switched, I think. Oh god, damn it! I even checked this time. Okay, now you're good. It literally <laughs> sounded like you were speaking into a Pringle can for a second, and now you're back. What if I told you this was a Pringle can that I shaped into an orb? Um, <laughs> but I honestly, I think that was the trick. I think their plan, because like, I so so first of all, their lead actor is off the table. Like yeah. they can't use them for marketing at all already in a bind uh they're already milking michael keaton dry what do they do what if we hype this movie up so much spoilers i didn't like it for several reasons and you know we'll talk about it later but in that same vein of like the fact that it exists at all makes it a c i am less upset at this movie than i was at batman v superman yeah because I can the problems I have with this movie are very similar to that movie, to to BVS. Except I don't have like a director to be like I dislike your vision of these characters. It's wow, this is a mess because the studio made it into a mess over a decade. Yeah, you know. Whereas Batman v Superman is like the 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 arch villain of comic book movies in that. It had this buck wild vision from Snyder mixed with WB fiddling with it at the same right. time. And like the uh I, I think the goal of being like this is the greatest superhero movie of all time is so that when people left they weren't like, Wow, that was bad. That was yeah. awful. They would go like, Well, I did enjoy some parts of it, but like obviously it wasn't gonna live up to whatever Tom Cruise said, you know. <laughs> you mean the resurrection of Rasputin where he came back and said it's the greatest film he's ever seen? Like, what the hell <laughs> happened? Yeah. Like, come on. Like, I was half yeah. expecting Optimus Prime to be like, yeah, me and Rosa Parks, my buddy saw this shit and it was gold. <laughs> like, what the fuck? Come on. Oh, awful. Impressive. <laughs> it's actually, I've been to the Rosa Parks Museum and it's actually on a plaque in there. I thought, yeah, yeah, it's like, it's like, here's the bus seat and here's her ticket to the flash. Um, yeah, Yeah, that's where she was going after her. (laughs) Secret history. This is a Transformers plot if I've ever heard one. (laughs) 
Uh, God damn. So, okay, I guess I get tra- Travis. I know. I, I I think it's safe to say that you dislike the movie more than Armin or myself. Uh, I would presume. So yeah. I'm gonna I, I'm gonna give you the floor to unpack what you dislike because what I dislike has way more to do with like the endemic issues of like the DCEU and how it manifests with this movie more than it does with the film itself, if that makes sense. So I'm going to give you the floor to like speak your piece and then we can kind of go from there. Oh shit. He's on. (laughs) Where do I begin? Um, So for starters, I want to mention something that I put on Twitter that uh, I did have someone walk out of my viewing of this movie. That's a real thing that happened to me. Most hilarious in Latro, thing. Pennsylvania, which says a lot. And the only, like, there was ten people in the theater because motherfuckers from Latro will watch anything. Yeah, it was like there was me, my friend Zach, who came to see it with me. There was a, a mom and her three boys, aged like nine to fourteen, in front of us. Uh, two like fifteen-year-old girls to our right, and then this like probably mid 60s couple to my left and about 10 minutes into the movie the the woman of that couple leaned over to who i presume husband and went wow this is a shitty movie loud enough for us to hear and then i don't know when she walked what out point in the movie did she say that if you I, like the opening sequence <laughs> like after the opening sequence with like, like when he's story. like saving everybody at gotham general yeah yeah Oh my goodness, that is so funny! Yeah, see, I don't know while you were doing out. that, I was fighting for my. We were fighting for our lives in uh, Swiftsburg. That's so. why I went to see it. I was like, <laughs> we have our local air show thing that weekend, and everybody else is going to be at the Taylor Swift concert. This theater is going to be empty, and I was surprised it wasn't. Um, yeah, but that was I mean, worth. There were barely signs of life to begin with, but still, right. Um, so, like, you mentioned – I mean, the, the problem is the DCEU thing, to be honest, because, like, DC's problem is that they think they have to market their movies by adapting popular comic lines, right? So, like, this movie couldn't just be a Flash story. It They had to make Flashpoint. Yeah. Right? And Flashpoint is a large ensemble story that requires Barry Allen to be a full – like character that has made it yeah as married iris west is has his friend support system the rogues are established like he's he's established his life as the and like not just the rogues are established as in like they're established characters like the institution of the capital t capital r rogues right Mm -hmm. where like they have basically unionized this people who get beat up by the flash He's had his ongoing issues with uh, Eobard Thawne. And, like, whatever one of those things you want to adjust, you can, but none of that's there. None of that no. framework is there to support a Barry Allen that already didn't work for me personally because of, the like, their characterization in the movie. In Justice League, right? Like, I really don't like... I also, real quick, just want to say as a disclaimer... I know Travis and I have done this before when talking about like the flash with like Ezra Miller and Barry Allen. 
he and they will probably be used interchangeably. If we're saying he, we're referring yeah. to the character. Yeah, obviously. Like, yes. Cause I, and if, I, I know... if I do it by accident, I will correct myself. But like generally, yeah. he is Barry yeah. Allen, they is Ezra Miller. Um, yeah. J- just as a heads up, because I know, because so often when we're talking about a character and the actor, the pronouns are the same. And then and, like, it, yeah. It, it, yeah, it doesn't really matter. But for the sake of people knowing, it is going to be yeah. he, they, he is Barry Allen, they is Ezra Miller. Continue. Yes. Um. So, like, because the the whole characterization of Flash and Justice League in both versions is like he, he's Sheldon Cooper. <laughs> yeah. Right. Like, I. I yeah. So I, no. Yeah. I mean, I I would not take it that far. I've said that about Tech from the Bad Batch. So I don't. I I maybe I'm just uh, sheepish to say that about yet another character. But and like I don't I don't say that in the like I don't think you can have a neurodivergent superhero. I think that's absolutely possible. The issue is when you are uh superpositioning that over an established character and then not repurposing their story to support that. Yeah. So like I I have notes. Um because I, I saw this movie opening weekend. I've been sitting here for like a week wondering if we were going to talk about it and just in case I didn't want to lose anything. Um, but one of my big things is like there's a more than one occasion and like it happened in Justice League where it feels like there's a joke and that the punchline is, ha ha, this kid is neurodivergent. Mm. Isn't it funny? I'm going to kick them all they're down. It doesn't happen often in this movie. But that doesn't feel good right like doesn't work and then on top and like barry allen doesn't have the supporting cast around him that could even potentially make that work right on top of the fact that you're missing all of these actors and characters for the characters that are important to the flashpoint story and you can they i think for what they had they did okay I will give it that, you know, like they, they could have done much worse. They could have done worse. And like, not to make my first big talking point here, like revolve around Batman as I am off to do. Um, I have a whole thing about Michael Keaton, man. Um, I, well, here, here's my thing. And I, I, I just want to say this cause it, it goes towards that. Like, oh, we were so fucking close. We could have had so much. Um, that like that, that we've had like the DC universe have the wheels fall off of it, you know, like it's almost been 10 years. Like, like, I mean, it's more than 10 years if you count man and man of steel, but like, it's almost been 10 years since Batman V Superman. And since then it has been a series of like flaw of like critical and box office missteps and flops where you have movies that, you know, it's it's either a quality thing or a box office thing, where you have movies that were fucking great, that died a slow, painful death at the box office, you know, like Shazam or Birds of Prey, yep. and or you have movies that are just, that you just don't understand what they're trying to do because the universe is so illy defined. And again, like all of these are able to and should, stand on their own and also be part of a greater universe. 
However, every single one of these movies has some element where it wants to remind you it's part of a universe that is shattered, that is incoherent. Uh And when we get to this movie, when we get to Flashpoint, um, like I've always thought, like if they ever wanted to do a live action Flashpoint, it should be a two-parter and it should be a Justice League movie that Barry is the main character of. There's a reason the animated movie is called Justice, Justice League, League Flashpoint. Flashpoint. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Because, first of all, do centering the it's it's some ways like this is kind of the same problem as Batman v Superman, where you're like where it's not even a hat on a hat. You're trying to wear a hat with like scuba gear. Like they don't fit together. Yeah. I don't understand how you can have your first big live action flash movie big live action flash story be fucking flashpoint so i got a story to tell here um and this is important to the whole flash and flashpoint being the first flash story so i naturally read a lot of comics and i love the flash so one of the trades i have is the return of barry allen when he got brought back to comics like what 12 13 years ago or whatever whatever it was Mm -hmm. like they reintroduced him and the entire comic is the entire world going, whoa, Wally's not the only Flash. We thought Barry died. And that's the introduction. My wife tried to pick up Flash comics, and that's the first one she jumped into because she heard me talking about Flashpoint, and she wanted to read Flashpoint. So she jumps in, and she's like 10 pages in. She goes, I have no idea what's happening. So she put that down and jumps into Flashpoint, and she's reading it. Another 10 or so pages in, she puts it down. She goes, I don't understand this. What is this? This film is the same exact scenario. You expect me to watch Avengers Infinity War without having seen anything or knowing who Steve Rogers is? And I was just about to say, this is like like watching fucking Endgame immediately after finishing fucking Thor. Right. Just Thor. Just Thor. Now, only imagine the Thor you watched is nothing like the Thor you're getting in Endgame because he was by a different director who put him in a different direction where he was just about probably the rest of the characters, a complete murderer psychopath. And in this, he's whimsical. You're like, what am I watching in this film failed on that? Because if you know nothing about the flash, you go into this film and you walk away, you go, I know he's Barry Allen and he can travel through time and you still have nothing else. You know, it is, it failed on that front. It it fails on that front. And again, like, the emotional core and, 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 and the allure of a Flashpoint story is you've gotten to know these characters so well, now we're going to press shuffle on them. Mm-hmm. You can't convince me that Flashpoint was not always, pardon the pun, the end game. because why in the fuck else do you cast Jeffrey Dean Morgan as Thomas Wayne? <laughs> like, the writing was on the wall. I remember when Batman yeah. v Superman came out. That was like one of the big talking points is when do we inevitably see, uh, you know, Jeffrey Dean Morgan is Thomas Wayne Batman, you know, like and it was, and it was that comes down to, here. I think again, DC is too afraid to take the Marvel leap of constructing original stories for their movies that are loosely yeah. based on comic plots. And like, we'll throw in the occasional panel. Everyone loves yeah right we'll throw in the occasional civil war of like we're gonna name drop a comic and everyone's gonna freak out i think that's the first time like aside from age of ultron but like that was a really new comic story still like that they just like 
said the said the name of a, of a, of a storyline like <laughs> yeah. as the as the title of the movie and then and everyone still accepted like yeah. when when civil war came out everyone either didn't know and like looked it up and figured out what was going on or if they knew like us accepted on face this was not going to be like the comic yeah book. that like the only thing is the foundation of tony and steve have beef that's yeah. it and people are going to think there's some very you know is it, you know uh, government overreach big brother looking over your shoulder type beef and yeah and like they even kept that as a miracle like they they could have done whatever they wanted and dc's too afraid to do that and the only flash story anyone knows is flashpoint if they're not entrenched in the comics because unfortunately the flash's big stories are all crisis events <laughs> yeah that's true. Okay, when that, I is, think, that is very true. Yeah. The, when you, I think Barry Allen, think like Flash having like a long Halloween. Yeah. 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 I'm like the Flash had Flashpoint, which is an unnamed crisis event, or dies in a crisis event. That's the Flash's legacy for people that don't know the Flash. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like, and like we've been saying, you know, it's that like you, in the same way that we talk constantly about like. The, the 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 moment that the DCEU started to become untethered, in my opinion, was when they decided that the foundation of the Justice League and the first meeting of Batman and Superman would also happen when Superman dies was the moment that the, that the DCEU was never going to be able to function. Because by doing so, you removed so many of your core characters from the playing board to be able to do anything with them. And have created too many like crucial plot details that need to be answered in Justice League for anybody to touch that besides the people who are making Justice League. So you have to then like construct this really weird universe around that. And a similar thing happens here with Flash. I'm just going to call it Flashpoint with the Flash that Barry's big story that I think had the Snyderverse or whatever, whatever the fuck you want to call it, whatever the fuck it was supposed to be, that its endpoint was supposed to be a Flashpoint story, to either do a soft reboot or just or just for just for fun, you know, like the fact that the DCEU, the Snyderverse, whatever you want to call it, has a bad future outcome baked into it. One of the core elements of this universe, one of a, like a, like a core beating heart segment of like the Snyder movies, which love them or hate them, are foundational to this universe and this iteration of Barry Allen revolve around this apocalyptic timeline where Superman becomes a thrall of Darkseid. <laughs> like that's right there. Like how do you like 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 it feel like I and I felt and I noticed that in the movie theater. Where part of my brain went, how how is that not the inciting incident? Yeah. How is it like again? <clears throat> pardon me. If you don't want to make the whole thing about you know Barry saving his mom, which again, like, yes, you can make an argument that like Marvel movies don't always directly adapt their stories. Something like Civil War, like Travis already said, was this like kind of stripped down version of it. The Flash, oh, he goes back to save his mom and he's working with a different Batman. And like there's a Kryptonian who's like emaciated in a government facility. All of that is true. All of that is accurate. (coughs) Pardon me. Getting over allergy stuff. 
But like, evil Superman. Like, there's no resolution for that. This was the only time you ever could have done that. Would you ever could have just been like, yes, this is the reason why Barry finally goes back in time. And like, that's part of it. That like, and again, in a universe that had like some functioning endoskeleton of format that like didn't fall apart at the seams the way the Snyderverse did, could have been like, we're going to go here and here and here and here and here and eventually... Barry will realize that this like dark Superman timeline is an inevitability and he will decide to go back in time and oh shit, Mm -hmm. now it's an apocalypse. No DC pun intended. We're like Thomas Wayne is Batman and the Amazonians and the, and, and the, and the Atlanteans are about to go to war. Like that was right there. That all could have been a part of the DNA of all of this, but instead because the wheels fall off and, Jeffrey Dean Morgan is probably busy doing things that aren't this fucking movie. You end up in this situation where they go, okay, well, what can we do? Well, Flash will reset the universe and Michael Keaton's Batman now and it's not Ben Affleck anymore. Cool. And to build on that, Michael Keaton is going to be the Batman to this Batgirl. Oh, wait, sorry. We need a fucking tax write-off. Yep. Like, this movie was like, it's, 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 so, the the the, uni- the universe part of it feels so superfluous, and it shouldn't matter, yeah. but it drives me insane. So I want to bring something up. I have a list here. It's gonna take me probably a minute to read it, maybe a little less. Please but do. it starts at 2014 to 2015 to officially Andy Muschietti being hired. So here oh, is the list wait. of every writer yep. and actor slash director that was up for some sort of involvement that contributed to this final script. David S. Goyer, Sean Levy, David Dobkin, James Gunn, Phil Lord and Chris Miller, Seth Green Smith, Rick Fumijawa, Robert Zemeckis, Matthew Vaughn, Sam Raimi, Mark Webb, Jordan Peele, Ben Affleck, Zack Snyder, Andrew Francis Daly, and Jonathan Goldstein, and finally Andy Muschietti. There is over 12 people in four years that got their hands on what became the final Andy Muschietti version that he had to zombie together. It's honestly, I'm just going to say it's even a miracle that this film has some sort of semblance of a fucking plot. It is a miracle because we've seen far less hands in one fucking kitchen come out much worse. We've seen how they did it. it, uh, Jeff, you want to know how they did it? They scraped away every character that wasn't Barry Allen. Yeah. Yep. Because yeah. we know Cyborg was very second heavy. Barry Allen. Well, yeah, yeah, because like you can't, <laughs> you have to have ways to exposit dialogue, right? Like, uh-huh. like Barry needs to find out what's going on in this timeline, but they don't have a reliable way to do that. Otherwise, um, I I also put on Twitter that I had a big crackhead theory about michael keaton's batman in this movie that still partially holds up but not for like any fun reasons uh i don't know about you guys it felt like almost all of michael keaton's scenes were stitched into this movie Mm -hmm. i it really felt like it was either a cutaway or it's a body double for barry or like it was off-putting to me. I always felt like, man, that cut was weird, or like, it feels like Michael Keaton's 
talking to nobody. Does that make sense? I, I, no, no. I know exactly what you're talking about. There are scenes in this film where instead of the two actors talking face to face, it is literally almost like, and the Falcon and the Winter Soldier screamed of this the most. There are scenes where the lighting and the background of the actors is different because they shot during the pandemic. And you yeah. can see when they're supposed to be in the same scene, they're just cut away to a close-up or a medium shot. And they're talking to literally, you know, there's nobody there. It is, there is a bit of that in here that I found very jarring. And like Keaton almost phoned in because he didn't know what the line was coming from the other actor or the emotion. So he just delivers it monotone. I really felt that here. And so my, my big crackhead theory was, because if you look at the dates of like articles hitting the space and like, this could go deeper than this, but we found out. We found out that Michael Keaton was going to be in this movie as Batman three days after we found out that uh, Alfred Molina was officially playing Doc Ock in No Way Home. Mm-hmm. Right? That is a very odd amount. And so that means we knew Alfred Molina was on set like months months before that. This was a very weird period of time. And I remember this. Travis that, is like, like, I remember the TNF. It was talking about the same episode. <laughs> And so, oh no, Travis! I just realized if I'm if I'm Alex Jones, you're my Owen Schroyer. Ah, oh, damn it! <laughs> you're the cuck destroyer. <laughs> <laughs> Gonna get that tattooed across my back. Um... <laughs> no, get it like a get it like a Jared Leto damaged tattoo. Just cuck destroyer in the same font. Yes. <laughs> um. And so my my big brain move was, oh my god, they got Michael Keaton to play the Flash because they found out about like someone at Sony, it had to be Sony, not Marvel, really screwed the pooch and let it slip. They were doing the multiverse thing in No Way Home to a WB executive, and they fucking jumped on it. Right, that was uh-huh. my big brain theory. I mean, look, and you you could see people will come in and say that's not a fact, but guess what? When DC announced we're doing Batman v Superman, they scrubbed everything related to Mad Bomb and the Serpent Society and said, fuck it, make the third Captain America Civil War because we need to compete. It it does happen. So I believe yeah, it. I, I think that's a good theory. My but, only pushback to your so conspiracy I, theory. I've, dis- okay. I've disproved myself, but go on. All I was going to say was like, and again, we'll never know the inside baseball truly is Batgirl. That is the only like right. that 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 is the only thing that keeps me from like fully buying in as to like what they were going to do with the alternate timeline Batman, be it Keaton Affleck, fucking Clooney is on the table, I guess now too. Um which I loved. I loved. Oh, it yeah. made me so happy. That made me so happy. Especially because it means that that weird Grace Randolph report just like meant that she got something. That like that was such a game of fucking telephone that made me so happy that like there's a joke stinger at the end of the flash of George Clooney somehow turned into George Clooney is James Gunn's Bruce Wayne. But anyway, we'll never know the inside baseball of how much Flash and Batgirl were meant to lead into one another. Right. And and that that is at, the only reason I'm hesitant to fully buy in on your Well, and, uh, your, and your, here's your, why I'm wrong. Theory. I think all of the interviews that Keaton gave about like yes, I'm doing the Flash as Batman 
he was talking and remember this movie started shooting in 2021 he was all he the whole time was like i'm really cautious about covid protocols because i'm old <laughs> right like yeah, i'm true, being yeah. super careful so now my theory is like he requested to shoot separate of everyone else or like they were so careful for him just like out of respect yeah mm-hmm. yeah that, like they i mean it would make sense movie. that like you know batman's you know Batman's a big fight scene. You can have a stunt double and a lot of that CGI. And then the other yeah. action team of Batman, he's piloting the Batwing. But also remember, we just heard it recently. It's kind of been backed up and the rumors are true. Before they landed on Keaton, they went hard after Christian Bale. And all those reports turned out to yes. be true. But he kept telling them no. And then he officially told them, I joined the MCU. The whole Keaton thing and his potential comeback started after Homecoming. That's when people started to rumor that he might be back as Batman because he said he'd like to give it another crack. So if they were going after, you know, Bale, you can kind of see how when he kept saying no, they were like, all right, pivot to Keaton. And like you said, the whole COVID thing, that was definitely a factor, too. And I think this film, you see like a Frankenstein monster of different versions, ideas, moments and things just kind of compounding to give us what we got which is a little weird but at the same time like it's a film that goes back to i mean look everybody's seen at this point i think it's like the final act of this film takes us to man of steel it's like bro oh man that is wild like it's (laughs) yeah and it, it is novel i do think that was interesting and in a world where you do flashpoint in my opinion as a two parter I think it would have been cool if the first, like, if you, like, again, in a world where there's, like, mul- like more than one Justice League movie, and, like, Affleck gets a Batman movie, and, like, 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 like again, like, like, in the Snyderverse alternate world, right, mm-hmm. where those movies come out according to plan, that, like, you split Flashpoint down the middle, and the first half is this movie. Yeah. Not, like, 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 in theory, where it's, like, Barry went back in time to save his mom. And, oh shit, I reset the timeline in such a way that Zod's invasion goes tits up and everybody fucking dies. Well, shit, I gotta reset, I gotta, I gotta re-reset the timeline, and by doing that, he creates the Flashpoint universe, Uh where Thomas Wayne is Batman and stuff like that. So, like, I dig that idea. Like, part of me really liked the whole, you know oh no, like this thing happened again and like retroactively making it so that literally everybody who's important to this universe was in Metropolis that day uh, <laughs> between I also, and Barry Allen. I also think that uh, part of the thing with the Flashpoint stuff, like you said, like it was inevitable we were going to get the Flashpoint in this universe regardless of how it went. I think that was part of their contingency to replace Ben Affleck. Or at least reset mm-hmm. Ben Affleck to be not an old Batman, right? Yeah. Because that you know our whole foundation is wrong if Batman has had his whole career by the time the Justice League forms. Like that yeah. just doesn't. Or at the very least, like old and not old, but not like horrifying worst case scenario murderer Batman with a dead <laughs> Dick Grayson, you know? Right. And so, like, what Flashpoint lets you do is Barry comes back after whatever your version of the flashpoint movie is and 
you either have a different actor in place of Ben Affleck, or we just like establish that Ben Ben Affleck's Batman is younger. Yeah, yeah. We're just like because he's like arbitrarily aged, right? Like we don't have an exact age, I don't think, on Batfleck. So you and Ben Affleck's not that old. At least he wasn't at the time. So you could have been like, oh yeah, now he's like thirty eight. Yeah. Yeah. seasoned but not seasoned the justice league is formed so they know each other for like the letter drop from the from the comic and um, like also you know you mentioned that but we know for a fact henry cavill was brought back by the old regime black adam and shazam right. were going to be affected like the shazam director directly said they had to remove a scene from the beginning of the film that established that the suits changed because of the flash like there was cuts to these films when James Gunn and Saffron took over that removed large elements. Like, and we still got Aquaman two coming, which features Ben Affleck because they brought back Affleck to remove Keaton. So are they going to now replace Affleck with George Clooney? Like what the hell are they doing? Like, see, like the moment you start thinking about what they were doing the last two years, your mind just goes, what the fuck were they thinking? And then what's the end result? None of it makes sense. None of it makes sense. And it's also like it, what I find fascinating with this is like, and it's not a good thing or a bad thing inherently, was that the the conclusion the movie reached was, you know, oh, like timelines are reset and things are weird now. Like, I don't know why part of me expected like the flash to end with the Gunniverse. Mm-hmm. You no, know, I knew. Like, see, it, here's the thing. Everyone keeps talking about how this ending has been so ambiguous, and they don't know what's coming next. I take it as a very concrete. We're done with this. Yep. With these, you know, yeah. Aquaman two is coming out, but like the no, who's the to final... say Aquaman two isn't still just in the Snyderverse proper? You know, like yeah. that's also a, a full possibility that like you, you could even make an argument that between movies, inexplicably, Barry runs back to the Snyderverse. <laughs> yeah where there isn't uh george I, Clooney batman i love the idea that like the punishment for everything that's happened to the snyderverse and everything it's done to me personally is that it got relegated to a Clooney verse that just makes <laughs> me happy Actually, it's the I only joke i laughed out loud at in the theater well purposefully oh, laughed out loud at um we've been we've been we've kind of like swirling around it here uh how did we feel about Affleck's performance? Because you you said you felt it felt phone and phone dead. Affleck or um I'm sorry, Keaton. Thank you. Keaton. I think he did fine. Like I wasn't upset with how he did. It just like it felt separate from because specifically see like I'm Batman, you want to get nuts, let's get nuts. Like those line reads feel so abstract. Yeah in comparison to what's happening around him. And then after I saw the movie, and this is why like, I, I almost want to go see it again just to confirm this, but I'll wait till it's on streaming because I'm not paying a movie ticket again. Plus I want to see it flounder as hard as it can at the box office. I want to make sure this thing flops, which I've already <laughs> not contributed to. Christ um, just like, ah, I'm bitter. Um, and so I, I want to confirm like, am I crazy to feel this? Or what? And like, was it only like this in a few scenes, or was it like this the whole movie? And I only caught it in a couple lines. So, I think like what you said there, something that resonated with me, because being in a early screening where it was not that full, 
they had those moments like the MCU where they set it up for the punchline and they know the crowd is about to react, but there was no pause. reaction. Yeah. And it, uh-huh. it just sits there for a second. You're like, ooh, ooh, they missed the mark on this delivery and the execution. And I definitely felt that here. I don't think you're going crazy. I the the um Batman so I I talk shit about the yeah um Batman like being a little exasperated in the trailer and within the movie like it has context for that that let's get nuts oh my god I can't believe they kept that in the movie I don't I don't understand who lied to them and told them that was going to be a crowd pop like I, that well, that and you can hurt. feel it. And that that was part of what led into my they did this in response to like a leak of No Way Home. Yeah. Because I'm like literally the last episode I was on, Jared, you and I talked about like, oh, No Way Home has these applause pauses that I don't care they have because the theater experience was worth it for that movie. Yeah. And I could absolutely see them writing this going, people go nuts for Keaton's Batman. People love Keaton's Batman. And because it's Batman, like that's what you're selling the movie on. The trailer was selling the movie on Keaton's Batman. Like, you know, every they really thought this was going to pop off in the box office and people were going to be crowding the theaters and losing their minds over everything Keaton did. Well, I just, out of curiosity, I want to see what the fuck they would have done with Bale. Yeah. Like, like, what's your moment for Bale? Like, yeah, you get him to go, I'm um, Batman. But like, what's your what's what's your let's get nuts? Does he do you find a way for him to go? I'm not wearing hockey pants. Like, yeah. What the uh, fuck? What the fuck is yeah? He would, that's exactly what he said. <laughs> yeah, you just apropos you just oh, nothing. Apropos get on the picket line, writer. <laughs> I I can I can just imagine like how do we work this out? So they drop Barry's parents into a random fucking like I don't know shipyard, and you just have Bale go. Where is it? what the fuck yeah that would have been it that would have been it oh fuck i I actually kind of want to see that because it would have been a fucking mess like oh my god like i like i just listen hot take i don't i like batman 89 a lot it's fun it 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 looks fun i think 89 is a masterpiece so it's (laughs) i'm not in love with keaton as batman like he's iconic but it's like I'm not super married to his performance. Mm-hmm. So like the way people like Michael Keaton's Batman. Like today, I'd I like I like I'm I'm sad we lost Batgirl and like this whole Batman Beyond thing that went down the fucking tubes because Flash underperformed. And like I would have loved to have seen those to see Michael Keaton like get to stretch his chops a little bit because frankly I don't think. Batman 89 and and just you know movies in general were like prepared to make a superhero deep and like prepared to have like Batman be as complicated a person as he is in the comics so I'd love to get to see Michael Keaton do like old man Bruce in Beyond or Batgirl I think that'd right. be really fucking cool it's just like I don't like I like I I'm I'm happy to see somebody with pointy ears and a cape beat the dog shit out of somebody and fly a bat shaped plane and drive a car that's shaped like a fucking bat. Like I am, I am a bat mark. I am in. 
but like Keaton specifically, I'm like, oh, let's get nuts. I'm like, this, like, this is fucking sad. I don't, I am not feeling anything right now. <laughs> and like, part of the issue, like the one of the big negatives of this whole multiverse thing we've been going through, besides everyone complaining about it all the time, like they're not going to go see every multiverse movie, um, is that now the idea of casting an actor, like it already wasn't on the table, but now it's really off the table of casting an actor in a role and having them not be that specific version. Like if you saw Michael Keaton as Batman in any other movie there, they would be way too afraid to not be like, no, 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 this is Batman 89. Yeah. Like, and you can say he's not in this movie. He, he is, he has the Batmobile. Like his suits are all the same down to the fact that the neck doesn't move. His Batmobile is the same. All of his gear is the same. They go to the extent for Barry to be like, oh, hey, look. <laughs> like, like they, that like that like Bruce being some kind of sick fuck kept that as like a trophy in his car. Yeah. So Which like is weird on its face, but so a Batman Beyond story that has Keaton's Batman, I don't think I would have dug it as much. To be honest. Yeah. Same. I Cause yeah. like because like then it would have been Batman eighty nine being yeah that Bruce the, the instead of Michael Keaton just being Obama. able to act. Uh-huh. Exactly. Well, that's my thing, and that's and we, you and I, always say that. Like, anytime there's a multiverse thing, that was our big thing with No Way Home, where it was like, yes, Toby and Andrew may be coming back, but we don't know that they're playing their movie counterparts. Like, I know there was that like infamous fan art where it's like symbiote Andrew and like Last Stand Toby, but like it could have been that. Yeah. Yeah. Um. All of that said, so speaking of the multiverse stuff, because I know we're coming up on time here soon for Armin, uh, Travis and I might still keep going after Armin has to bounce. We'll see uh, if, if we have anything else to say. I do want to talk two-prong CGI and, like, oh. the multiverse cameos. Because I will oh. say, and, and you know, I, I had a conversation with a friend of the show, Alden Diaz, uh, the other day, and I don't think this nuance is brought to the cgi conversation as often as it should be because i think a lot of the time it's implied but we don't say it out loud enough poor cgi whether or not that is a that that like like that is a point of contention for you as a viewer uh falls on the backs of studios and those who are underpaying and overworking the artists and not on the artist Mm-hmm. And just up top, I do want to make that distinction that again, like when we're talking about like, oh, this looks like ass. This is not because of the artist. It is because of working conditions. Yeah. Hollywood fucking stop doing that. Um, that said, sure, there were some shots that looked shoddy. I'm going to take Andy Machetti's side. I see what he meant with the like artistic decision stuff. I do not think I, like, for me. There is an obvious delineation between that looked kind of funky and like the Polar Express faces. I think the like Polar Express looking stuff within the Speed Force and in the Time Bowl, as Barry puts it, I think that is intentional. I think that is, I, I do think it is intentionally distorted. And I like, I, I keep, like, it looks like the Polar Express, so I keep calling it that. Um, I do think I'll that's give my take when I come back. I have to go pee. Okay, go pee. <laughs> But anyway, with with regards to that, before uh, Travis gets back, before we dig into the cameo stuff. Okay, so you mentioned that, and I can agree. Like, to a a part of me agrees. 
fine. If you whether want, it works or not is a different yeah, conversation. If you want, I'm just saying I think you can tell when it is on purpose. Uh, this looks uh, fucking weird. I can kind of see what you're going for, but my whole issue is the rest of the CG elsewhere doesn't look that good either. Like when somebody put together that scene of the two flashes and Supergirl standing together and added the battle royale um, Fortnite skin over it. It was indistinguishable. Like, there is a lot of shoddy CG. And again, I'm friends with people that work in the industry. I am friends with people that have been overworked by these studios. So I am not shitting on these people and friends of mine. I'm shitting on the corporate overlords that demand this type of work and these hours and these ridiculous scenes at the 11th hour. But I will say this. The cameos for me and to me, I know some people feel differently about this, and I want to explain this in a way that I think is simple. When I play pro wrestling games, which I play all of them, I'm a huge pro wrestling fan. I never, ever play as dead wrestlers or download or create dead wrestlers. To me, it is an uncomfortable thing. It's Maybe it's just me. So when I saw dead actors on the screen, I did not enjoy it. It takes me out of it. And it reminds me that these actors have passed away, some from horrific accidents. And I look at it and I go, oh, man. And to me, the scene of Superman and Supergirl standing there really did not land. I felt uncomfortable watching it. Whereas to the Nicolas Cage thing, I was like, oh, hell yeah. We got to see the sequence from this movie that exists in the fucking multiverse. That's that's incredible. I just felt uncomfortable with that actor. So I know that's just me. There's probably some other people that feel that way, but I did not like that they CG them. And then that they also looked like claymation almost. It it, it just did not sit well with me. I, I That is valid, Travis. Um, uh, pretty much everything Armin said. Like, maybe not to the same extent. Uh, CG-wise, um... Yes, I agree that it does look noticeably different in the Speed Force. And that, like, sure, you can say that that's whatever. Like, when Andy he said it is intentionally, like, the, the CGI intentionally looks Distorted. Weird. That's what I'm saying. Again, a matter of execution, whether or not you like it, that is a different conversation. Right. I think the people who did the whole, oh, like, you're preemptively trying to get ahead of criticism, I do not think that was fair in hindsight. Is yeah, what I'm trying I, to say. Is that there was and, an artistic decision made? Execution is a different concept. And I, I also one of the other reasons I want to watch the Flash at home is I want to turn the contrast on my TV way high up and watch the Batman sequence again, like when they're in uh, Serbia or whatever. Okay, uh, not Serbia. Um, Siberia. There it is. Other S one. <laughs> uh, because like I could tell, but the theater was dark enough that it's hard to like they hide it with the shadow of the room they're in that like. That's a PlayStation 3 Batman. That's a PlayStation <laughs> 3 Batman. Um, and yeah, as like you have so much to work with. Grant Gustin and John Wesley Shipp do not show up in that sequence. Yeah. Henry Cavill does not show up in that sequence. Tyler Tyler Hecklin does not show up in that sequence. The super the super people don't need to be there. This is not a super person movie. It's a flash movie. Like that was what really confused. Like I think that's my biggest thing about that scene. It does it's nothing like, because Flashpoint is isn't a multiverse Superman. story. Yeah. It's not a multiverse story. It's a it's a time travel story. Like 
it like I was actually talking to a friend of mine because I rewatched Crisis on Infinite Earths a couple weeks ago. I bought like the uh, foreign Blu-ray that they released of all the episodes in one. It's like literally like a movie. So I was like, oh, this is awesome. So I watched it before I went and watched the early screening of The Flash. And to me, I think that was a mistake because I was like, if they wanted to just toss this in there, they could have literally spliced scenes from Crisis. Put them all in there. They perfectly work, especially the scene from like Batman 89 where the news reporter stands up and looks up at the sky and shit's going like this would have perfectly fit into this sequence. And I think it would have actually made it better. But I, I don't know. Like there was I have a lot of questions watching this film. And again, I saw this film like two fucking months ago, so I've forgotten a good amount. And also the edibles kick in real hard. So, you know, it is what it is. So I'm going to have to rewatch it and do a commentary on it to really understand it in like a month when it's dumped on digital. Cause they announced today it's coming in like three weeks. So I'll watch it again, but there was a lot of missed opportunities, especially with the uh, cameos and sequences and flash universes. Like why didn't you put grant in there? If you wanted goodwill, you put fucking grant in there. That dude's carried the flash boots for a decade. So it's, yeah. Oh, I agree oh. with you a lot on that. I was, you know, and I can like my thing with the, appearance of performers who have since passed uh i think i've said this on tnet before like i will align with whatever families and estates say like and and people will often make the argument like oh yeah well you can always have like someone who's just kind of a piece of shit who will do whatever they say for a buck to that i'll say yeah sure but also, like, I'm sure whomever is chosen for blank estate was chosen for a reason. Um, so I kind of default there. Like, if like if 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 a relative, if a loved one who has been given the ability to make those decisions say, I think such and such would not mind, or such and such would even be happy to, uh, even posthumously put the put the cape and cowl on or put the cape on again that they would love to and they jump to it um and until i hear that like the reeve or reeves estates or the west estate was like we said no and batman and these supermen are in it anyway uh then i'll have more of like a oh this is fucked up um but it's more just like a why question uh, like truly it is, it is for me, it is much less to do with the ethics and Armin, your, your approach to like the wrestler stuff and your, your mentality on it entirely is completely valid. And I, I agree with in part, um, for me, it's just a question of why, well, you know, it's, we also it's haven't weird. mentioned the, the Jay Garrick cameo because yeah. the actor playing Jay Garrick was like, holy shit. It does look like me. Everybody says it looks like me. Nobody told me it's me. Is it me? I don't know. <laughs> like what? What happened? Yeah, and that's where my, like, you know, I don't know what the nature of this was, and I'm going to hope it was good, comes into. But, like, I just don't understand what was happening there. I don't, like, like I, it wasn't, it, at first, I didn't even understand, like, like, grasp until the worlds literally started hitting each other that it was, like, a world collision thing. You know, and I, I and I love that they like visually brought the DC multiverse to life. That was cool, but like, what's happening? I don't like like it. It just it 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 was strange. It it felt like the movie pressed pause on itself. Yeah, 
to show these to us and like it just i i wish they had if they wanted to do this so badly i wish i would have found a more organic way to do it because it just felt abrupt and sudden and And like and that's the part that makes me like that part could very much just be a reaction to no way home yeah right because like there was basically no real people in any of that section Mm -hmm. there was uh which might also be part of the reason that like Cavill and Hecklin and Bale or even Affleck or Pattinson or whoever, like besides real world reasons why they're not there is like, they thought of this last minute, scraped it together in CGI and, you know, shoved it in the movie. Um, but like flashpoint isn't a multiverse story. It's, yeah. it's very contained. Yeah, and I guess that, like, and maybe this is something we can lay at the feet of Endgame, that, like, that that Endgame kind of made time travel and multiverse one thing for a lot of people, to the point where, like, when Batman goes to break down, like, multi-reality traversal, like, he directly calls attention to it. Like, he calls out Endgame with the pasta metaphor. Where he's mm-hmm. like, you've been told, like, when you go back and you change something, you haven't changed your own timeline. You've created a branch timeline where in reality, here's the fucking spaghetti. And uh, honestly, I do that, like that. I do like that explanation a lot. I thought yeah. it was very entertaining. I think it, it's honestly that explanation is even better than the one they give in like actual Flashpoint. Because um, like in the, in the comic and in the animated movie, uh, Reverse Flash describes it as like, you punch the hole in, in a piece of glass, like in a windshield. The the cracks aren't going to scatter one way. It's, it's a radiation effect. But I think seeing it on like the timeline metaphor makes it click a lot more for people. Yeah. Um. So I just, I don't, I, I, I always accept that this was going to be some type of multiverse thing, but I just don't understand like what was happening there? Like if they wanted to do that, I think it would have been cooler if like every time like other Barry reloaded this battle on earth, like some of it was these a different other heroes set. were present. Yeah. yeah. Like, like we're in a different place and Oh shit. That's Christopher Reeve beating the shit out of Michael Shannon. And then boom, reset it again. Oh, there's Adam West. Like, you know, like, like that's like the shuffle you keep pressing. Right. Right. Not like I can only imagine where, a like, scene. Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, I can imagine a scene where Barry, like, resets it, and he's like, Superman, I need your help. Here comes Kingdom Come, Brendan Ralph. And you're like, what the fuck? Bro, I would have fucking exploded. But, like, they went so safe and basic to, like, it feels like that the movie was so ambitious, and then they just shrunk it down and shrunk it down but kept sticking with the ambition and said well what if we just make these scenes small little cutaway cameos like it i feel like there's a better version of this film somewhere out there that unfortunately we will never see you know like there's probably deleted scenes extended scenes sequences that oh man we know the fucking stuff with supergirl being cut from the end oh supergirl henry cavill more wonder woman i mean uh, yeah, I'll tell you off the air the actual ending of the film, which I am not allowed to say because they will trace it to the dude and it will melt your fucking brain what the original ending was. So trust me, there's a lot that was cut out of this film. It's, uh. Well, 
Armin, I know we're coming up on time here. Uh, mm. So if you got a split, uh, we can absolutely do that. If you want to do plugs and then we can talk and I can cut it out because uh, we still have our Q&A segment to do as well. Yeah. Um, but I know you got to go. So, I'll, I mean, I get I, I, I feel the same way when I ask you and Mitch or like whenever uh, Star Wars Explained is on where I'm like, do your plugs because, you know, yeah. people are fucking don't know who you are. Uh, but and in the sake for the sake of, you know, that's what you're supposed to do. I mean, where can people find you? OK, so the only <laughs> thing I tell you, don't bother YouTube or any of that shit. See how it says Instagram at Arma2236. Just follow me there in case you want to see pictures of me sweaty and me every day sharing shit that's Ninja Turtles and or like Masters of the Universe. Occasionally, uh, only fan stuff from my wife. So there you go. That's all I focus on on that. So just follow me there. And, and the Roosevelt's. Don't forget the Roosevelt's. Shirts. I constantly up every weekend. You'll get two <laughs> photos of me in a different shirt at the gym. And looking sweaty before and after. So it's what really entertains me is I'm pretty sure after like like, like your fifth or so Roosevelt's post, Travis, I think, messaged me. He's like, Is Army wearing Roosevelt's? I'm like, You're goddamn right he is. <laughs> and you're next, motherfucker. <laughs> so here's the thing that happened the other day. I get this two random packages, and they're in a box, and my daughter is like, she looks at me, she looks at my wife, she goes, I bet you there is another shirt and at least three He-Man figures somewhere in there. And I'm like, I don't just order <laughs> these fucking things. Stop calling me out. I open it, five He-Man figures and four shirts. And I just threw them on the floor and I said, go fuck off. I love I love the idea of like, guess our means package of the day. That <laughs> yeah, sounds yeah. like such a fun household <laughs> game. Every day, take a guess. Hey, like I said, I, you 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 poor unfortunate soul getting stuck with the fucking uh, Hasbro license hitting right now. It's it's true. Anyway, uh, we're going to be moving into our Q and A segment here. Uh, we'll probably still be talking Flash throughout it. I know one one of the questions is very much Flash related. Uh, so yeah, stay tuned for so Q and A. And we are back again. A big thank you to Armin for coming by. We love to have him on and uh, talk cape shit. Uh, obviously, you know I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing if not for uh, me becoming a fan of his back when I was a wee lade. Um, I want to talk. Uh, you know, we we obviously had the intention of doing our Q and A posts and stuff. Um, and this is. You know, we didn't get a chance to last week on TNAP. We did it on KNR uh, recently, which was a lot of fun. Um, and uh, to our $10 patron, Ray Clausen, uh, who very generously decided they wanted their Patreon shout out uh, to go to uh, Equity Texas or Texas Equity, rather, uh, in instead of themselves every week. Uh, I'm shouting them out now because they did submit a question last week. Uh, but we're not going to be answering that one on this one. They're going to have a news roundup coming out later this week. I mean it this time. I'm not going to get sick. Um, and we're going to be asking Ray's first question next week. Um, and we're going to be asking Ray's question this week on this episode. Uh, because I think it does pertain to a, uh, a, a shadow that hangs over uh, the flash in a very big way. And then we can kind of, kind of start to talk about the Ezra Miller of it all. 
Um, uh, just because there's a lot to talk about with this movie. Uh, so Ray's question, also Paco slash Alex Jones, uh, will be answering your question on KNR because it is a Star Wars one. Uh, so this is from Ray Clausen. As many people in the film industry have been found out to be uh, terrible in a variety of different ways, what are some changes you've made or not made by the way you consume certain nerdy films or shows? Are there films or shows that you can no longer enjoy? For example, The Avengers with Joss Whedon. Uh, my apologies for a downer question, but I'm curious as I too wrestle uh, with films due to multiple allegations and convictions of those who uh, have made the media that I enjoy. Um, I will say for me personally, uh, and I said this last week talking about Ezra, um, I think you're, I think, I think a lot of people's mileage varies, you know, I think that there are, I, I try not to impose like a moral imperatives on stuff like this simply because like, I I I I I think it's really I think it's really hard. Like for me personally, like I've made it abundantly clear. I even if I wanted to uh, like separate the art from the artist with like J.K. Rowling, for example, um, it doesn't it doesn't. I personally can't enjoy Harry Potter the way I used to. Uh, a great example is whenever I was in Philadelphia for Fan Expo Philly, um, the only fucking thing on TV was a goddamn Harry Potter marathon happening on E. So it was just on in the background. And like, you know, whenever we came back to the hotel to change to go to like the Roosevelt meetup afterwards, you know, people were taking quick showers, getting changed, kind of, you know, do, trying to, you know, get their, get their sea legs back from after the con. Um, I was just watching it and I was like semi enjoying it. And then like every couple seconds when I was getting like really invested in a scene and like the, my, my love for that fandom was rushing back. Like it would hit this dam of knowing what, what's happened with Rowling. And the enjoyment would just immediately leave me. Like I would, and, I, yep. and, and I would just get invested in again. And oh, no, this is so good. Yeah, yeah. Like it, I, I think it just, for me personally, Harry Potter is like a special case, almost. Where like some, like sometimes it does genuinely ruin my enjoyment of something if I know someone's, you know, truly, utterly terrible. Um, not so much like even Avengers. I, I still enjoy watching. You know, um, maybe because I never really was like that big of a Joss Whedon fan that it didn't sting me as much, mm-hmm. you know, um, Harry Potter in particular, I, you know, newer patrons that weren't around for the, the do back days and like, I love to hate watch something. It's one of my, <laughs> I, and that's the thing too. Like I, I, I've said so much shit about the flash. I will give it one thing. I've thought about it more in this past week and a half than I've thought about pretty much any Marvel release. Sans like guardians three in the last six to eight months. Um, 
not for good reasons, right? Where like the the Marvel I just passively enjoy. I'm like, yep, I another one that I and got my money's worth of entertainment and I moved on. Uh, and the Flash I've just been ruminating over, maybe because I was already a fan of the Flashpoint storyline and whatever, whatever. Um, but like, I love to dislike what I'm watching. This is this is Travis's toxic trait. Mm-hmm. I mean, you. The Titans got not quite as bad, so it was too boring. Like on the meter, right? There's either I love yeah. the thing that's up here, or I really, really hate the thing. And Titans was here for two seasons, and season three dropped to like here, and it wasn't fun anymore, and I dropped it entirely. Uh, same with the CW, where like the CW was either here for me, like I loved the beginning of Arrow, or this is so batshit insane, I'm still enraptured, just in the opposite direction. Right. And like I just started uh, this week, I started Superman and Lois like properly. I watched the pilot when it aired, and then I didn't watch anything else of the show. Utterly phenomenal, the best, the best live action Superman ever put the screen. I will stand by that. I know other people have said it. That show is absolutely fucking incredible. Oh, well, we have another uh, contender in the mix that we can talk about uh, later this week. That's true. I'm excited, but. Um, Making my way back around to the point, Harry Potter used to be here and has swung over to here. <laughs> I love nothing more than to viciously insult J.K. Rowling while I watch those movies uh, because of all the things where I'm like, honey, you're projecting. It's okay. You You weren't actually that much of like a separated nerd as you thought you were. Honey, it's okay. You know? Like, yeah. every every line of dialogue Hermione has where she's like, you idiot, I'm so much smarter than you. And, like, more so even in the books. And I obviously I haven't read the books in since I read them as a kid. But, like, because I can't read. But the... Uh, Another holdover the, from the do-back days. Always. Um, <laughs> why do you think I read comic books and manga, man? It's all pictures. Hold on, is that a new wrinkle in the Travis can't read thing? <laughs> is that you don't actually know what's happening? You just use the pictures for context clues. Oh, dude, I read like raw manga, like Japanese manga, because I'm like at a point I'm like I- I've seen like the rough cut out Travis of Travis takes his manga raw. I dude, I watched like most of the back half of Dragon Ball Super in Japanese without subtitles because the plot of the back half of Dragon Ball Super is pointless. It does not matter. It's all visuals. I don't need to be told by dialogue what's happening. I can figure it out. It's fine. Um, but yeah, so like, and obviously depending on the thing, like if I had to keep spending money to watch Harry Potter, I wouldn't be. Uh, but that that has clearly swung over here. Most of the time for me, it comes into the middle of like, well, now I just can't enjoy this anymore. But, but even like it's one of those it, it's knowing that someone was hurt in the making of a thing that yeah i did see for me um oh see i'm trying to like find my words here i don't want, i want to use ray's example here with avengers real quick mm-hmm. uh because like people know like i i 
I love Angel. I've not seen mm-hmm. Buffy. I've watched all of Angel multiple times. Mm-hmm. And hell, even yesterday I tweeted about how like da- I like you know making a joke about like you know David or uh, James Gunn and Andy Muschietti like please cast David Boreanaz as Batman. It's right fucking there. Um, Travis, watch the first season of Angel. You will agree with me completely. <clears throat> like you, you will be. And the fact that David Boreanaz is older now makes him an even better pick for the first Batman they want to do as like a fucking kid and probably a whole ass bat family. Um, but no, Joss Whedon, it's weird. I do not find myself as morally compromised watching Avengers. Um, Age of Ultron is a little different because there's that like really weird subtext with black widow that like again and this is also a conversation this is also very much a conversation about privilege as well that like Mm. because one may be unaffected by something that you do not take umbrage with whatever reason such and such has been decided to be kind of a shitty person so like that whole scene where black widow calls herself a monster after the flashback to the red room as a man, I never picked up on the subtext that that had something to do with her being infertile to me. She's like, I'm a monster. Cause I fucking kill people as a job and have since I was a child. And that's where I thought that was going. I didn't understand that. Like, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. like as, as a filmmaker and as a writer, Joss Whedon is call is, is drawing a direct connection to N- Natasha being sterilized to like her considering herself a monster and so there's stuff like that. So like, I feel a little, I would say icky uh, watching age of Ultron, but there are elements of age of Ultron where I feel a little bit more. There's Joss Jossen. There's Joss being a Jossity old Joss uh, that does make me uncomfortable. Angel, however, is a different conversation that I have a harder time with. I am at with angel where I was with Harry Potter, maybe two or three years ago. Where it was like, this person sucks, but when I think of this show, I think of David Boreanaz, I think of Charisma Carpenter, I think of, like, I think of the performers, you know? Right. And, and when I go back to Angel, yeah. I find myself going back mostly for David Boreanaz's performance, because I love that character. And you and I had this conversation back on fucking Hall of Heroes, back, you know, early into Teen App, where it was like, fuck J.K. Rowling, I'm not here for, like, I'm not necessarily here for the story, Sherrod. I'm here for the characters that are brought to life by these actors. I am here for the environment of Hogwarts that for me as a Harry Potter fan was brought to life uh, by, you know, the filmmakers. Um, And I find her as like an easy person to come back to. Uh, But like in the, uh, you know, shifting to like a less nerdy thing, but just music in general. I also talk about how like I've had a hard time with Yay. You know, like, yeah, I yeah, am- dude. I um, I don't even like. I have a hard time, and not that he was ever outrightly canceled, but I have a hard time listening to Panic now. Yeah, because of of Brendan, and he, you know, nowhere near on the level of, uh, the Jews did me dirty, Kanye. But yeah, like, yeah, I I have a harder time when like the the especially the person, and if it's an actor. Now, granted, Ezra Miller is an exception because I paid money to see them in a film twice. They were in this movie twice. Um, 
And no, despite what anyone tries to convince me, having a second more annoying Barry did not work. It made the movie so much worse. See, this is going to sound crazy, and this is more just a thing about The Flash in general real quick. I've been trying to like put this in words, and I don't think it's made sense yet, but I, th- I think you might get what I'm trying to say. Give it to me. Ezra Miller is a great actor, and the emotional scenes Barry has, they like 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 you know when he he Barry is you know saying goodbye to his mother, or he's like trying to when he's trying to level with the younger Barry about dude, we can't keep running back. We need to just let this happen. There is no obvious solution. We need to just let it go. Like those moments where he's like where he's where he's like throwing his where where. This is where it gets complicated, where they are throwing their entire ass into Barry's performance, into their performance as Barry. They're great. Because those are like, you're an actor, you're good at like making emotions happen. When Ezra is trying to bring the character of Barry Allen to life, I fucking hate it. Because I hate this version of Barry Allen. It does not feel like Barry to me at all. And it is just it, it, it just does not work. It just yeah. does not work. They shine in those super emotional moments because they're a good actor. It's that it's 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 that like baseline, like you know, and, and you, that like, comes... like like it's so it if you're a good actor, it's hard to fuck that up, if that makes sense. Like you right. like like you you physically can't fuck up this scene where you where you're playing a character who's saying goodbye to a loved one you know is about to die however when you're giving given material that just fundamentally doesn't work it fundamentally doesn't fucking work you know yeah, the 2022 slash december of 21 was the year for me of this whole time it's been the material not the actor and i finally understand that yeah. between between andrew garfield and uh, hayden christensen for me like those were my two big like oh my god i've been and like i'd already kind of come around on it by then thankfully but seeing them given material that really works for them and they can really chew on and but also feels like their character and also like it, it just worked for me so well that like i i'm not trying to you know despite everything about them doc ezra's acting performance in the movie because of like not liking that characterization, I have it. Like I guess it's it, I have notes, and like one of my notes is the, the quips Barry gives don't work. Either Barry don't work because no one's responding to them. Yeah, and the like the ironic kind of physicality of the Flash, where Barry Allen is the fastest man alive, but he's late to everything, and he's also incredibly clumsy. Right. Well, that's the other fucking thing. No, I like all his friends are assholes. Like, there's no, like, there's no one pleasant. Like, I just, it's yeah. just like this, like miserable fucking Barry Allen. You know, and, and, and it feels like because, like, the the whole like, oh come on, Barry, you were late again, is supposed to be like, ha sorry guys, I know, isn't it? Like, ah, uh, haha, I'm the Flash, haha. Yeah, is how like, it's supposed to feel. But because this version of Barry Allen is like incredibly socially awkward and kind of just yeah 
for for lack of a better picture, like every time something like that would happen to Barry, I would imagine that scene of SpongeBob when he's told he used too much sauce on the Krabby Patty. He's like, eh, eh, eh. like that image played in my brain every time someone was like, "Barry Allen, you suck," as a joke. <laughs> yeah, I just you you're, you're totally right. I just it for me the whole like Barry, you're late again. Barry's typically charming enough that it doesn't like. Yeah, like, yeah. That Barry has able, a natural he's, charisma. He's that, charming like, enough, and also has. <coughs> pardon me. He is so good at his job that it's like okay, you're like 15 minutes late, but I also know you're about to slam dunk on something we thought was going to be impossible. Uh, you know where it's not supposed to be like fucking Sam Raimi, Peter Parker. Where it's like you were late for like you're 15 minutes late. I'm going to shoot you in the fucking knee now. Where it's this like constant level of like the world hates you. Go fuck yourself. And on top of that, you're incredible. You're incredibly awkward. Um, but anyway, all of that to say. Uh, now we, we've for, we've used examples. Uh, going back to this, this great question from Ray Clausen. Yeah, uh, we, we've we've been using examples that were kind of like. You know, for me, I draw the line so hard with J.K. Rowling because of the line she drew right. with her own work. If that makes sense, mm-hmm. uh, she drew the line of, you know, you if you support me, if you support Harry Potter, you support me, and she, she made that declaration of war and completely changed the dynamic there. Uh, so for me, I, then I'm like, well, no, I don't fucking support Harry Potter anymore then, you know, like I, I'll even say, you know, Roosevelt's has come up on this fucking podcast more than it normally does. Uh, I can't tell you how sad I was with the Roosevelt's Harry Potter stuff. Like, and, and, you know, corporations and companies and getting these big IPs, you know, whatever. I know people who have brand deals with hot topic who boycotted Hogwarts legacy, like, you know, capitalism gonna capitalism um you can still walk right into a hot topic and buy a fucking slytherin skirt uh and they took money from hot topic and i'm not and i'm not trying to cancel or call any of those people out it's just it's just a sticky situation you know Mm -hmm. i want a roosevelt's brand deal more than fucking anybody i tell you this among the 80 plus shirts i have i'm not gonna be adding a harry potter one to it i wanted to i wanted to I like there are some of those shirts look fucking great. I never wanted to buy any of the polos just because I'm not a polo kind of guy. They did polos for each of the houses, and I would be lying to you if I didn't tell you I started salivating a little bit of that Gryffindor one. I just can't. I just physically can't. And like yeah. maybe this is gonna be a little too real, real quick, but like my little sister loves Harry Potter. I cannot bring myself to tell her the truth about J.K. Rowling. I literally, dude, my cousins just got through. I don't know. They might still be in it. A Harry Potter phase. They're like seven and ten, right? Right in Kira's range. I was the the one Christmas. Harry Potter everything. I wanted Harry Potter everything. They're talking to me about the movies because like obviously. And they're like, oh, which one's your, what's this, what's this? And I, I, I had to be like, oh, man. I can't. You, you almost have to transport yourself back to like an earlier time in your life. I was like, so I like, can't make the joke. Like, I can't even hint at this idea. Yeah. 
because like I can't do that to these kids, yeah. you know, and it sucks. Yeah. It sucks so bad. Even like down to fucking YouTubers, man. I remember we had tickets to Gus's second tour, Gus Johnson. Yeah, we had tickets to a second tour, and after everything that came out about him, we we got them refunded. Like Lexi asked me, she was like, "I don't know how you feel. These were a gift for you." Cause like I've seen them live before. Like I yeah. own Gus merch. Um, yeah. You and I both listen to Gus and Eddie all the time. And she was like, how do you feel? I'm like, I don't want to go see him. I can't do it. Yeah. yeah. It's part well, of my the little sister. It's, it's so fascinating. You bring up Gus Johnson. I kind of forgot about him for a second. There came a point where I showed my little sister, like some, like some Gus videos. Yeah. Like, like she fucking thought pillow guy was the funniest shit she'd ever seen in her life. You know, quoted it constantly. And one day she was like, hey, can we watch Pillow Guy? And I told her. And again, like, and it, but and like, granted, like, yo, you know, you could explain to her Gus Johnson was a piece of shit. Why can't you explain J.K. Rowling? Because the stakes are much fucking higher with fucking oh. Harry Potter. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and I was able to look at her like, well, the Pillow Guy guy, like, you know, was like really like unnecessarily cruel and mean to his girlfriend. And now you're having a moment where I have to like make clear to her that like we do not reward abusive fucking behavior because I'm talking to mm-hmm. a little girl. So I'm like, you know, but like I like I don't know how an adult would have looked at me and gone like George Lucas hates black people. Here's a fucking Mace Windu action figure. <laughs> like, I don't know how I would have handled that. My brain would have caught on fucking fire. You know, like yeah. I did. So, so I have like a weird relationship there where like, you know, Kira likes to wear Roosevelt's like I do, you know, like she, she, she's a, she thinks they cool and she wants to be like me, you know? So I've gotten her a few shirts. And when that Harry Potter collection came out, I was like, this would be, it happened at new, the Harry Potter collection for Roosevelt's first one came out in November. And I was like, this is such a layup of a fucking Christmas present. This is such a slam dunk of a Christmas present. And I was even starting to rationalize with myself for a minute there where I was like, mm-hmm. we're like, I look, I consider trying to cop one of the shirts and I was like, well, I'll use one of my coupons. There'll be like $50 off. So the shirt will, I really only would have given like $20 to JK Rowling, uh, you know, where I'm like trying to rationalize with myself or I'm like, Oh, like I'll, cause there's like a, so with Roosevelt stuff, there's the Roosevelt's like basically fan Facebook group that's run by the company. And then there's like a buy, sell, trade Facebook group for like a secondary market for people trying to flip shirts or like, you know, kind of downsize and sell the shirts off to people who they know would appreciate them. And in my mind, I'm like, oh, wait a minute, I'll go through buy, sell, trade. And if there's like an extra large uh, Harry Potter Roosevelt, I could buy that one and I'll buy it off of somebody else. And, you know, like, like I'm like, I'm going through all these fucking hoops in my head, you know? Cause it's yeah. like, like, I don't know how to like let it, let it fucking kid down easy with that um so like it, it, it's weird you know uh another great example for me the usual suspects uh is one of my favorite movies of all time uh and in a post brian singer kevin spacey uh knowing the truth about them world that's a harder watch yeah uh, now, i didn't I finish sh- uh i didn't finish house of cards because of kevin spacey most people didn't most yeah. people didn't uh, I remember I Googled the actor who got cast as Superman today and I legitimately was like, okay, what have they been in? I want to try to watch something before 
uh, we were, we do the news roundup and I was like, Oh, well, they were in house of cards. So that's off the table. Um, and again, it's not a moral imperative. If, if, if Joe fucking donut tomorrow decides you know, I was meant to get around a house of cards and they can stomach watching Kevin Spacey and something, <laughs> I don't, I don't have an issue with them. Now, if they start to go, Oh, if, if they, but if they, if they then go to go separate the art from the artist, to somebody who cannot physically watch House of Cards now, that's a different conversation. Yeah. But like with Usual Suspects, a couple years ago, um, just because like it had come up, I was like, it's one of my favorite movies. Um, I don't, I don't remember the. Con- it was with Spencer and Joel. I don't remember the context, but I quoted the lineup scene. Uh, the context we were in for me to go, give me the fucking keys, the fucking cocksucker, motherfucker, uh, like Stephen Baldwin in that scene. I don't know how that came up, but it did. And I was like, we should watch The Usual Suspects today. It's a, it's one of my favorite fucking movies. And we sit down to watch it. And like, I was, and like, again, I was in that like head rush of like, oh, fucking Kaiser Soze lineup scene. There's a great shit, sh- oh, you know, these great actors, Benicio Del Toro is fucking great in this movie. And I'm like having this head rush about how much I love the goddamn usual suspects. And we're sitting down, written and directed by Brian Singer. I went, motherfucker. And then immediately like went, oh yeah, horrible people made this movie between Spacey and Brian Singer, you know? So like I can mm-hmm. still watch the usual suspects, but it's not as fun. It's not as fun yeah. for me as it used to be. You know, I like I've not that I'm like going out of my way to listen to Yay anymore. Um but like I was listening to I like, like I just like let my phone go music wise and a song came on that he has a feature on. You know, and like <clears throat> the reason I just choose not to listen to Kanye's music anymore is that, like I heard that Yay feature. And I was like, oh, God damn, he's so good. He's so, yeah. he's so good on the fucking mic. He's so good. And then, like, I was like, uh, mm-hmm, can't miss it. And then, like, I can't I can't go mm-hmm, miss it through a whole album. I can't. I physically can't. I will get so, like, I will get viscerally upset trying to do that. Like, truly. Yeah. Truly. You know, it was really funny. Levi who's like constantly always trying to expand his musical horizons, you know? Um, I gave him a handful of hip hop recommendations back in 2020. You know, I was like mm-hmm. my, I was like my favorites are Kendrick Lamar. Yay. Tyler, the creator, you know, it was like, you know, MF doom is really fun. You know, like once you can, like once you can fully appreciate like hip hop as an art form, like MF doom is one of those acts that'll really like change the way you listen to hip hop. Jay-Z is a standard, you know, like, 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 you know, he was asking me questions and like, he messaged me. It was a couple months ago. He was like, I finally got to listen to, got around to listening to some of the yay albums you recommended to me. And he, and he listened to my beautiful dark twisted fantasy uh, and Yeezus, which are my which are my two favorite Kanye albums, and he was like, he's like, these like these are fucking incredible. I said, yeah, it's a shame he's a piece of shit now, and he laughed and said the same thing. He's like, he's like, yeah, he's like, I'm dis- He's like, you know, it it kind of haunts and, the music a little bit. <laughs> and to bring it around, like you said, the the emotional scenes in this movie, uh, it, I say in this movie, like we, we've been talking about the Flash, but in the Flash, are well acted. Ezra Miller acts them very well in terms of like not thinking about what they've done in the past two years. Um, 
And so when I was watching it and I was prepared for this and it didn't hit as hard because I was never really an Ezra Miller fan to begin with, but watching it, I was like, huh, you know, they really did have their career snuffed out. Like they were, they were about to take off as an actor. And like suddenly all of that's gone. And this, yeah. And you know, it, it helped to pull away. Cause again, I didn't like, a lot of the emotional core of this movie, I feel like it was misplaced because of how Flashpoint is originally written versus how they transpose it into this movie uh, didn't quite fit for me. But uh, I definitely like, I, I, I at the very least can be like, ah, Ezra's doing work with the script they were handed. Unfortunate. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I mean it it is it is very much a question, you know, that it it's hard and it's very much case by case. You know, like uh, I know it's hot button right now and it's something that I'm not I'm not even sure if you know I want to talk about it because it's important but it's also there also comes a point for me uh as a content creator, I hate that fucking term, uh but it's an easy catch all. So like I start to question like am I even qualified to have this conversation? We're like, I've seen developments in the Jonathan Majors case that changed the fucking nature of what we're what we're saying and saying and seeing, you know, that add a new layer of doubt to this that like, you know, makes the situation more complicated, and you know that like that that's its own can of worms, you know mm-hmm. how you how do you talk about that you know like how how does one go back to multiverse of madness because talking about that movie has now be, turned into you know if you're praising it you're like oh yeah the best part of that movie was Kang the conqueror asterisk because of that whole developing situation which again like we'll probably talk about on thursday friday for you guys um it's it, it's hard it's very case by case um you know there, there, there are artists, uh, and let that just represent the full gamut of people who get create, who get paid to be creative, uh, who, who have shit in their past that they've, you know, taken accountability for and moved on from, and that like the world at large has agreed, like you have in the court of public opinion served your sentence. James Gunn. And if, huh? James Gunn. James Gunn, Dr. Dre. Yeah. You know, Dr. Dre, Dr. Dre was a domestic, was a domestic abuser. And Dr. Dre has like very publicly been like, I was a rat bastard piece of shit. And I told my son that if you behave like me, we both deserve to get our fucking heads caved in. And the public at large has like forgiven Dre. And if you haven't, that is okay. You know? I like mm-hmm. for me, I, you know, like it's one of those things, like I feel kind of weird about it, but again, like, uh, but I'm a hypocrite, you know, I, I, ha- I, I have the chronic 2000 on vinyl. I don't fucking listen to Chris Brown, you know, like he, he very much is still guilty in the, in the, in the, in the court of public opinion. He has a flourishing career, but like every, but like you, he, his name gets brought up in a conversation it's always as you're the guy who beat up Rihanna and you deserve to get your ass kicked in for it every day. 
Now, maybe it's because he's a lot less repentant for it than Dr. Dre is. And the fact that Dr. Dre is very publicly said, it is very, very publicly donated to causes, you know, using his billions to, to, to affect change in the opposite direction of the harm he did. Like it's, it's very, very weird, complicated stuff. And, you know, it's very case by case. I, I, when, think, I think that's the only way I can answer this question that is uh, yeah. going on for a minute. <laughs> and and like to the, to that point, the the Hogwarts. I remember when Hogwarts Legacy came out, and someone I follow on Twitter is a content creator I followed like since I was a kid. They did Call of Duty stuff way back when. Uh, they're a lefty now. They do like occasional politics stuff. They still play Call of Duty on Twitch. Who is it? Uh, Hutch. If you've heard of Hutch. I've heard the name. I, was, I wasn't sure who you were talking he's, about, but I was. He's I, an I, old, I, I've heard the name. Old Call of Duty head. Love. I love him. Uh, I don't watch his stuff anymore, mostly because like I'm not as in the cod anymore. But like, he's very open about how he feels about things, and and is one of those people that's like, if I get a wrong take, I am more than willing to like accept that it's a wrong take and apologize and like learn. Yeah. You know, as a yeah. as a white dude, that's our responsibility. <laughs> that's yeah, just, that's just publicly is. publicly take the fucking L and be an adult about it. <laughs> yeah, be like, I was uneducated about this thing, didn't know what I was saying or doing was harmful. Have since become, and that again, that range also varies on what the thing is. Um, but when I remember when the Hogwarts Legacy came out, he was like, I understand ripping into. And he might have even played the game. I don't even remember. Um, again, I don't really watch his content anymore. But he was like, understandable if you don't want to watch someone play the game or you don't want to buy the game or you don't want to support a content creator, whatever. Don't rip into Joe Schmo. And again, separate from the Harry Potter discussion, for most other things, and even, you know, again, Harry Potter depends on the brevity of it. Where like if if someone in my personal life who has no social media presence is like my I got kind of like a rough thing going on and I get to be a wizard for a little bit and it makes me feel a little better. Yeah. Are you gonna tell that eight year old that Santa Claus isn't real? Exactly. It's hard. It's fucking hard. I, yeah. I like I've had a rough day at work. I wanna get a slice of pizza and watch the Avengers. I want to sit down with some of my favorite Gus Johnson sketches. I want to put Dr. Dre or or Kanye on like on my record player and just yeah. vibe because I don't have much else. And that's my happy place. Like I don't, I don't think condemning the individual, especially individuals without influence specifically. Yeah. I think for me, the Hogwarts Legacy thing was, it was weird. Like, I I know a handful of people, I'm friends with a handful of people who bought it and played it. And, you know, again, you know, it's case by case. I was a little, my, I guess my issue with the Hogwarts Legacy discourse, uh, when that was a thing still, was more to do with the people who wanted to use there are no ethical consumption of capitalism arguments to justify buying Hogwarts legacy. Oh yeah. Uh, 
that like that's where I got frustrated because for me it it was like there was there was too much going on with Hogwarts Legacy. I agree, and, and again, like, it just like, comes I think down to at like, the same time that you have like the fucking as we joked about the Harry Potter and the Protocols of the Elders of Zion plot line in the fucking game. You also had J.K. Rowling every other day ratcheting up the uh the the rhetoric it was like the, the the developers were some fucking weirdos like everything about hogwarts legacy was yikesy and i'm not going to say that i passed like a moral judgment on it on any of my friends who bought it and played it but i also kind of i was also like come on you know like you know, I, I'm not. I will admit to you. I will admit, live on air, I played it. I didn't pay for it. <laughs> I paid zero dollars to play that game. That's the only reason I played it. And that's not yeah. even me trying to excuse it. It's like I was offered like you. I will be able to give this to you for free. Do you want to play the game? I was like, yeah. You know what? That's what I mean. That was really mean. He was like, and he had cop, he had a copy of the game, and he, he he was like, I have a code. I was given a code. This game kind of fucking sucks, but I was given a code. <laughs> like yeah. he, he said, he's like, he's like, I play, he's like, I'm only playing it because I can play it for fucking free, and I can tell you, yep, it's not worth your money anyway. Um, and yep, that's uh, you can just be actively racist the whole game, which again didn't buy it, so I was able to find that funny and not offensive. Uh, but yeah, you know. Like, like it's not, it's not even like a, oh wow, there's like some xenophobia and like in the in how the goblins are portrayed. It's just like you can actively be xenophobic the entire game. Like all of yeah. your dialogue options have a like I want to be racist. I don't, I don't understand how that can be in place and people still defend the game though. Like that's my thing. Is like it just again I understand. I don't. I uh, listen. I, I try not to pass too much judgment on Harry Potter fans because again, like, and I, I come back to George Lucas post Disney. I don't fuck like George Lucas could like kick a fucking puppy today and it doesn't matter towards star Wars. Like, and thank God for that, that like my favorite thing is like safe mm-hmm. forever. Like, yeah, like like forever will the original like six movies have like an asterisk next to them. But like so much of those movies are very publicly made by people who aren't Judge George Lucas. Like it's Ben Burt, it's Rick McCallum, it's Marshall Lucas, it's Irvin Kirshner, it's Richard Marquardt. You know, like it, it, like that is such a collaborative project that even then it doesn't all have to be about George. But, like, I don't know what I would have done if you looked at me in my eyes and told me, like, here is this, like, heinous belief that George Lucas has, and this will forever color how you would interact with Star Wars. And George Lucas is is constantly telling you, if you support Star Wars, you support my out-and-out bigotry. I don't know how I'd process that. I don't know how I'd make peace with that. So I, I, I give Harry Potter fans... A, like a little bit of grace there, but also like, I don't, I like the ones who knew better are the ones that I'm like, I don't appreciate that you did that as a queer person. It pisses me off as an ally to my trans friends. I'm frustrated by your decision here. I don't hate you. I'm not, not friends with you anymore, 
but I think you could have done better with your dollar and I'm disappointed. You know, yeah, like that's sure. where that, like that's where I fall with that kind of thing. But, and, you know, and like, it, and like you said, the, the sorry, I, we keep going. We just keep going. This conversation never stops. It eats its own tail every like 15 minutes. But like the like you said, the no, no ethical conception of under capitalism or well, I can do. I mean, like even like I just said, I played the game because it was free. Should I have done that? Probably not. You know, stand my ground, stand the picket line. But like, I at least didn't put a dime in J.K. Rowling's pocket. Yeah, and like, I'm not gonna pretend. Like, well, I um actually, there's a reason why I can do this and not be a bad person. Like, no, there's a little bit of fault on me for that. I understand that. Yeah, and like. I, just be an adult. <laughs> I think that's uh, I think that's 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 the uh, best bow you can put on that. Um, like I said, Ray has another really fun question uh, that I cannot wait to get into uh, in our our next episode. We're going to be talking about the Superman casting news. We're going to be talking about Secret Invasion episodes one and two, uh, so so stay tuned for that. It's going to be fun, and we're going to be answering more questions. And I'm going to put another Q and A thing on Twitter uh, so that Travis and I can answer your questions uh, from people who aren't patrons and aren't just leaving them on the epi- in the episode comment section. But if you do want your question answered uh, next week, uh, or not next week, later this week, later this week uh drop them in the comments uh if we get inundated with questions i would be happy to have a backlog and we will get to them as soon as we can however our patrons get priority every week uh so that said uh while i get something pulled up here travis where can the people find you i put my handle on the thing this time I did I it. I saw you did. I was so I proud it. of you. I, well, I've tweeted. You did do that. However, I do need you to uh, say it for the people who are listening. I know. I'm at Travis Political on Twitter. I, I've tweeted more than like four times in the past week. So I figured it was time to put the handle down. Let's get Travis back on Twitter. Let's get uh, Travis back on Twitter. I don't think my mental health is there yet. I need to go to therapy before I'm fully back on Twitter. <laughs> you know, I I try to avoid falling into the pitfall online that is often called digital blackface, where you like play like clips of black people saying something that like objectively neither of us could say. Um, you I've know, never like, heard that terminology before, but also it's very poignant though. Yeah, like I I do like that as a thing. Anyway, go on. And but because I wouldn't do that, I would never have it locked and loaded, but I really want to play the clip from uh Kendrick Lamar's uh uh United in Grief, uh Real Neighbor Need No Therapy. Uh just as a response, but because I don't have that clip locked and loaded because I would have no other reason to play it uh other than for somebody else to say that word I'm not allowed to say for me. I won't and I can't, but uh listen to Mr. Morale on the Big Steppers on Spotify or wherever you get music. Uh <laughs> solid Kendrick Lamar plug, because we know Kung Fu Kenny needs it from us. Anyway. Um 
Small up-and-comer, Kendrick Lamar. Small up-and-comer, multi-Grammy winner, Kendrick Lamar. Man whose entire discography I own on vinyl, Kendrick Lamar. Um, to, to bring it back to people who are, who are a little bit more palatable, who I have on vinyl. Um, but yeah, and I do just want to put the button on that conversation real quick before we really, really, really bring it home. Like I said... It's a case by case thing, you know, and like there are there are public figures who are complicated. Like I said with the Dr. Dre example, like society has generally agreed Dr. Dre has paid his penance and he's getting a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. And as a fan of his work, I'm excited for him. I hate the thing he did in his past. I think it is morally reprehensible. However, unlike most of the other people who have done that, he publicly acknowledges it when asked about it and talks about how he like he he has used his example as one to not replicate uh to his sons so you know like 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 like, like just bringing it back there it's all very complicated um but anyway yeah. i don't know if you asked me where or not before i cut you off sorry oh i didn't yet um yeah just like Reprimand people for having bad takes on why they can consume problematic things and not necessarily, again, dollar withstanding uh, consume. Like, again, I'm not going to bash anyone because they're like, Buffy the Vampire Slayer is my favorite show ever. And even that, like, yeah, it's my comfort show and I want to watch it. Cool. Yeah. I'm happy for you, Misty. I can. I can watch Buffy the Vampire Slayer because uh, cancel culture is a menace. We need to have a discussion. <laughs> we we got yeah, to sit down yeah, for a minute. Yeah. yeah. Right. And like, uh, you know, personally, if I'm like, it, it, I think we both experience the same thing. We're like, if it's tainted, it's tainted. And it's not even like I choose not to watch it. Right. The fight watching it. It's like, oh man, my enjoyment's gone for this thing. That's it. Yeah. You know? Um, Jared, where? Uh, you guys can find me on Twitter and Instagram at darkjedi2552. You can also find me on Ionized Bastards, a Star Wars real play RPG show. We're gearing up for season two here. Very excited. I play Fabian Martell, a mysterious dark Jedi, uh, with uh, along with uh, Alden Diaz, uh, Zuzo York, played by... Dan Miller of Broaxium and Jerry Cable from Bombad Cast, and it's on the all remaining uh, all remaining systems YouTube channel hosted by uh, Michael McCoy. Uh, you can find me competing in Epic Confrontations, a Star Wars trivia uh, show put on by Eli from Star Wars in the Galaxy. Uh, I have a match, I believe, in September where I will be playing against a mystery opponent as my punishment for losing against Alden Diaz in an exhibition match. All I know about my mystery opponent is that they are a former Schmodown player. Uh, I'm going to get put through a wall, and I probably deserve it. Um, Speaking of Epic Confrontations, here is an Epic Confrontations exclusive. Hyperspace, the Epic Confrontations free-for-all event, will be happening on July 16th. And every single active member of the Nerd Academy podcast will be participating in hyperspace. Connor's at the desk. Myself, Spencer, Travis, and Kaysen are all playing in the gauntlet. So tune in for the hyperspace gauntlet. 
Uh, I'm, I'm very excited. I can't wait uh, to see Travis in the ring. I'm either going to do no studying or have 85 tabs of Wikipedia open the day before. There is no in between. <laughs> One of those things say during. Happen. I was like, dude, don't tell I me you're going to cheat. No, absolutely not. At, no, I would much sooner make a fool of myself. I would much sooner answer Star Trek That's answers, which I you. also don't know. <laughs> I would I would sooner answer all Star Trek answers to the questions and cheat that way. I would... So the sanctity of trivia. For the sanctity. Uh, amen. I'm going to ask you a question, and it is okay if the answer is no and my feelings will not be hurt. Okay. Have you watched any epic confrontations? I have not. And, like, not even in, like, an act of, like, oh, I don't want to watch this. It's not the show. Like, there, there's no malice to not watching it. In fact, I I do at some point need to apologize to Eli because he messaged me with the um, Epic Confrontations Twitter. And mm. because I wasn't, I wasn't following it and he wasn't following me, with it like we follow Eli and i follow each other personally yeah but the, the podcast account wasn't following me and so the message came in as a message request i never oh. like it, it wasn't even like you have an outstanding message request i never got that until i dm'd eli after we talked he messaged me in fucking april yeah, he's been putting out feelers for hyper, hyperspace for I, a hot minute. I felt so bad. Like, and like, you're not, for what it's worth, you are not the only person who's had that exact thing happen. I had a feeling, and I'm just going to blame Elon Musk, but also, like, sure, I always blame fuck Elon. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and, like, 85th reason when he messaged me was like right at the end of my semester, I was getting this new job ready to go. Oh, like, yeah, I, yeah. I wouldn't have had a correct answer for him yet. Uh, and now I'm like, Oh yeah, I'm free weekends. It's all good. I have no plans. Um, one moment. Click that. Anyway. Uh, yeah, no, but I'm super excited for hyperspace. I, uh, I, I can't wait. Uh, it's again, baby, it's Schmodown rules. Winner gets a title shot. And anybody who isn't like a dedicated player uh, gets to pass the buck. So, Travis, if you win, you know what you have to do. Win the title? Yes. Listen, I, I'm i not going to – let me – hold on. Let me check something. Um, I will definitely be watching a couple matches at least. I was going to recommend that you do, because like I need to so know what kind of feel for the trivia. Into. Yeah, because Eli um, said that he's going to be turning the difficulty down a little bit for hyperspace, but the like, showdown also did for the free for all. Exactly. So let me check. Pardon my like hiccup burp. That was fucking disgusting. Um, let me see. What's today's date? tomorrow okay um it comes out okay it comes out at probably right after this episode is out mild spoiler for the uh number one contender match between brennan marr and alden diaz 
I have a good feeling that the first Epic Offer Chasing Champion is going to be Alden. And I really, really, really need to win hyperspace because there is nothing I'd love more than to take that shiny belt off his shoulder. Myself, personally. Uh... I, now, now I, I got to remember, I'm a face in Epic Confrontations now. I have turned face. So I need to find a way to monologue as a good guy now. Uh, but I'd like to be the one to relieve him of that title. Anyway, uh, so there's that. And you guys can find the Academy podcast on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, uh, wherever you listen to podcasts and on our website, www.thenerdacademypodcast.com, where if you're feeling generous, you can donate to our Patreon. Where can give me a dollar guy go? I think I moved it by accident. This is, such a, this is such a clunky outro for what was otherwise a fantastic episode. We didn't even get We'd, butter grades for the Flash. Huh? I've given up on doing letter grades for reviews and stuff. That's fair. I just, I don't know. I had, I, I've had people kind of like affect my opinion on doing that kind of thing. And I've been won over to uh, not necessarily do that anymore. <coughs> I can't find Gimme a Dollar Guy. I am going to have to hunt it down on my phone and put it back in the stream yard. Someone, uh, someone used the timeline and we lost the clip. Uh, so yeah, so thank you to... Okay, I'm going to do Paco first. Uh, hold on. Let me exit out of that. I'm going to do Paco first. So thank you to our $10 patrons, Alex Jones. All right, ladies and gentlemen. From the front lines of the information war, it's Alex Jones. Now, uh, I, you know what? I'm fully just going to save Keandre for last. So also, uh, in again, in lieu of a Patreon shout out, uh, we implore you all to go to Equality Texas. Uh, this was the charity that the Amadala Initiative benefited uh, that is here to keep queer kids safe in the state of Texas, which, if you've been keeping up with the news, is not a great place to be if you're queer or a kid. Uh, so go check out Equality Texas uh, and consider making a generous donation there as well. And now, Keandre Lloyd, as you guys know, this used to be his clip. And the other day, Keandre saw that clip floating around on Twitter and quote tweeted me and tagged me and said, Jared, I've decided that this is too mainstream a clip. I would like a new clip of my choosing. Of my choosing me. Uh, And I decided that there is something that Keandre and I are both very big fans of that we've talked about on Twitter to each other uh, over. And I decided... His clip needed to be one from Dimension 20. 
And last night, I watched the season finale for The Ravening War, not knowing what his new clip was going to be yet. I just knew. I was like, maybe it'll be some like really funny Brennan Lee Mulligan monologue, you know, where it's where it's uh, uh you know, where it's uh, the the cubby dad, you know, breaking the kids out of the out of the the police precinct. Um, or it would be something funny from Unsleeping City. Uh, and then I and then I saw this in the finale for The Ravening War. So thank you to our $10 patron, Keandre Lloyd. Oh. Colin Provolone. <laughs> Sir. Ah! Oh, so good. Feel yourself, Colin. Feel yourself. This is me, stealing myself. I'm not going to give anybody any context for what happened there, because uh, spoilers, and it's funnier that way for me. Anyway, uh, if you guys are interested in joining our Patreon, you will get a uh, shout out at the end of every episode. If you're a $10 patron, I'll also give you a silly little clip to go with your shout out. Uh, if you're at the $5 tier, you get access to our two Patreon-exclusive shows, which is Heroic History 101, which I am going to be – which I hope to get out uh, – to record and get out next week, as well as our Knights of the Nerd Republic Versus series. Spencer was out of the country for the past week or so, and I have not had the time to sit down and read uh, Star Wars The High Republic The Blade, uh, which I need as research. So we're going – I'm going to be a comic book reading uh, motherfucker over the past two – over the next two weeks uh, between Flashpoint and uh, studying up for Porter Angle versus Count Dooku. Which Flashpoint will, just- will go so fast. Uh, which will, I'm counting on it, uh, which will also have special guest Alden Diaz. Speaking of Alden, he will be on our Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny review, which is going to be delayed a little bit. Again, Spencer is just getting back into town recently. Uh, as of, or He's not even back in town. He got into the States uh, a couple hours ago. And, I, uh, and I, I, I do not want to see Dial of Destiny without him. Uh, so that, that, that review, uh, if y'all will be so generous, will be a little bit delayed so that Spencer and I can see Indy together and then crank out a review uh, after that. Uh, but that's all I got programming note wise. Like I said, later this week, there'll be a news roundup. We're going to talk about secret invasion, our new Superman and Lois and more. Uh, thank you all so very much for watching and listening. Uh, class dismissed. Stop. Move away from the cookie jar.